It's the DaddyCast Rewind, Episode 7, re-recorded Sunday, October 18th, 2020. Who knows how to fix it? Who can do it? It's Daddy. Who's got his own podcast? Who's talking? It's Daddy. My dad. Daddy. Your dad. Everybody's Daddy. Got questions. Got stories. Like everybody. It's Daddy. If you're a daddy like PD Love or just wanting to learn more about the crazy world of fatherhood, you're in good company here at the Daddy Cast. Daddy, turn off the radio. There's nothing playing anyway, don't you know? Daddy, turn it up. Testing one, two, three. Welcome to the world of the Daddy Cast. Hey everybody, welcome to the show, and uh, I apologize for not having this show out on time. Uh, I did record a show last week, and in listening to it while I was editing, it just was bad. First of all, I did record it at a time I was a little rushed, and found that I did a lot of ums, a lot of ahs, and tried to do it in one take. That didn't quite work out. Not quite at that professional level of doing the one take and slam it into <laughs> in the garage band and be done. So I decided to just let it go and uh, was a little tied up last week. So didn't get a chance to re-record last week. So I'm going to do a double this week. I'm going to try to get the two shows out this week. Not exactly back to back. I'll get this one out and then give a couple days for you to consume it. And then we'll get the other one out. But this show is going to go back and talk about the original Daddy Cast uh, number seven, episode seven. It was recorded back in March of 2006. So we've got a few years. Again, we're going back about 14 years. And at the time, we were struggling very hard. And when I say struggling, I can hear it in my voice. And I'm not playing any audio because the entire time of that show, I was whispering, I was talking very quietly because our youngest, Josh, was in the take your medicine jail. He, <laughs> we were struggling so hard to get him to take medicine for an ear infection. We had tried, uh, based on, on what I relayed in that show, we had tried just about everything. And I, I again, I can hear it in my voice back then. I can and cringe and think about it. It was one of the most frustrating things I can remember about raising the kids, getting them to take medicine. And I, I have no answer for it. There, there's no magic potion that we found that will help with this. There's no secret to getting them to take their medicine. We just eventually got through it. But I recall there being times when we would pin them on the floor and just try to, you know, if it was liquid medicine, you try to get in their mouth so they'll swallow and then just spit it out. And pills, they'd spit those out. Um, or cry and run away. And it just, it was a nightmare. I mean, you know, if you have a dog, it's very easy to give a dog a pill. You put it in some peanut butter, stick it to the roof of their mouth, they lick, 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 and it's gone. It, it works. Kids, I, I don't know. If anybody does know, if anyone has a secret on how to get kids to take medicine that they don't want to take, let me know. As always, you can email me, daddycast at gmail.com, and I will be more than happy to share it with the masses. But yeah, we at the time had tried threats. We had tried everything. While I was recording that show, it was the second day in a row that I was late for work because he would not take the medicine. And I was trying to wait him out. I, I don't recall if that worked. I'll have to listen to episode eight and see if we made any progress. But 
it was bad. It was very bad. Um, it, it just, the, the stress and I, I guess, you know, hanging in there and showing patience eventually will be a show of character, but obviously it's no example to the kids when you lose your cool. And I know we lost our cool several times trying to deal with that stress and frustration just to get them to take their medicine. I did in that show talk a little bit about some threats we had made and some some deals we had tried to make. And I mean, none of that stuff seems to work very well. Um, I believe with my, my youngest, we were able to threaten taking a bunch of things away. You had to really figure out what their currency was. And that's something I remember being kind of a theme at that time in a book that I had read and or heard uh, something I'd heard somewhere but figuring out what their currency is. What is it that drives them? What is the the thing you can use to, in essence, manipulate them, but to, to get them to do things? Um, you know, adults, a lot of times, and this is, again, is something that, that translates, I think, to the work environment, to managing people. What is their currency? Uh, I have people at work who want more money. I have people at work who want more time off. They're, they're fine on the money. And I mean, no one's ever exactly fine on the money because you have to care for your family and do do all those things. But people will be fine with uh, what they're being paid. And the real incentive is to give them time off to enjoy it, to spend time with their family. With the kids, it's it's not always a toy. It's not always a, a possession. It's not always, you know, time together or time to go see something special or, or do something you just got to figure out what their currency is. And the great thing about kids is, and I say that in jest, uh, it'll change. So today's currency may not be tomorrow's currency. So you're constantly trying to figure out what that incentive is or what threats work. That's, that's also another thing is uh, if I'm going to give a threat, is it going to be a real, you got to follow through with it and B something impactful. So you got to make it meaningful. But yeah, that uh, the take your medicine frustration. Oh, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Another thing on that show I talked about a little bit was um, kind of a comparison between a parent's plan for their child and the kid's plan. <laughs> so I think a lot of times as we raise our children, we we think of things we want them to be. You know, Classic examples are families, uh, especially moms. Moms trying to get their kids to be a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer or whatever. Um, I think dads probably fall more into the getting them to be a big sports star. And I think you have to step back sometimes and look at the, the big plan versus really how it's, how is it going? Uh, you need to, to kind of pace that effort. You need to not be too pushy. Uh, I think if you try to push a child too much into one direction and if they realize it's not something they want to do, you're, you're just causing strife. You're, you're causing them to, be pushed in a direction they don't want to go. And I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think it turns out well for anyone. Um, our oldest played soccer, you know, when he was little and it was obvious at some point he didn't want to play anymore. So us pushing him to do so was not going to be a fruitful effort. Whereas the youngest, he couldn't get enough, still can't get enough of playing soccer. Um, and that's, that's probably a good place to, to kind of look at this discussion. And again, back then I was really talking more about paying attention to what the kids want um, not being too pushy and kind of pacing yourself. But now looking back, I, I look at all of these different kids that um, were, were 
encouraged. And, and again, a lot of them like to play soccer, like to play sports, but all the kids that were encouraged to play sports and how many of them are, are still playing it? How many of them are still enjoying it? Um, you know, it's it just pushing them into a direction sometimes can backfire and cause them to not like what they're being pushed into if it's not something they're interested in and if they recognize that they're being pushed in that direction. But um, it, it also, I think, opens up and you have to be aware of and, and open to allowing them to kind of express that. So we talked a couple episodes ago when I was talking to my oldest, Ben, and in the talk with him, he mentioned how he always felt like he could talk to us about things. He always felt like he could open up to us about things. And that's still evident today. Uh, we're, we're learning some things about his college experience that I'm glad he's telling us. Uh, it's things that I'm not sure I would tell my mom at the time, but uh, I'm glad he's sharing it. And I'm glad we're, we're, he feels open to talk about it. And I think we are presenting ourselves as, uh, you know, we're not going to, to scold him or anything for any poor judgment, poor decisions. Uh, it's all part of learning. So uh, within reason, obviously. But anyway, going back to the talking. So if your kids have the, the freedom and the ability to talk to you about things and you are kind of being a little pushy, uh, getting them to do something, to pushing them in a direction, whether it's academics, whether it's sports, whether it's whatever, um, teaching them that they can kind of argue a point with you and that there is some freedom to change your mind uh, is a good thing. And I think that's a good thing that conveys into real life as well. Um, it's always helpful. And I've seen this in, in my business dealings and especially, uh, early on in my current job, if you are, are dealing with, um, someone who is in you know, authority, whether it's a client, whether it's a manager, you need to be able to kind of, uh, argue your point. You need to be able to, to support a point you want to make something you want to do, something you think is right. You need to be able to support that, uh, with, a enough, detail with enough, uh, subjective knowledge, uh, with enough evidence to, to try to sway a decision. And I think practicing that early and getting that mindset built is something that will help our kids as they get older. Uh, it's, it's a good aspect of just kind of going into life and learning how to argue a point and, and stand behind it, do a little research, make sure you're prepared. But, uh, again, if they're feeling like they're being pushed in a certain direction, A, making sure you have that openness where they're willing to talk about it, and B, make sure that they know to prove their point. Because obviously, if you are, as the parent, feeling like they should do something, uh, again, academics, sports, whatever, then you're going to kind of have a bias towards having them do that, and they're going to have to have a good argument of why they don't want to do it. You may have some good arguments of why they do. And you also need to be able to explain those, um, especially with academics. You know, why should they uh, go to this you know, special class or go to this uh, special seminar or whatever to, to learn something new? They may not see any value in that at the time, whereas you can look forward and say, well, if you have this, it's a good thing for your college resume. It's a good thing for your, um, you know, to, to get you into this particular area or whatever. So you're going to have some supporting information to back up your part and they should be trained and, and used to having supporting information to back up their side of it. Um, it's always helpful. So anyway, uh, hopefully you get that. I'm not going to repeat it over and over again. 
Um, looking back also, and again, uh, episode seven was uh, me whispering. It's in the audio was really bad because I was just kind of talking really low. Uh, things were cutting off. So another thing I, I talked about at that time was a couple articles. One of them was on storytelling. And it was about the importance of storytelling. And really it was an article where a gentleman that, that wrote it, he was a journalist, um, well, it was kind of explaining how he teaches his grandkids how to tell stories. So he tells them stories and he teaches, passes on how to tell, how to tell stories. It was, it was good in that uh, I think storytelling is an important thing. And being able to converse and convey and communicate is a good thing. And storytelling is a good way to do that. Kids can very early on understand the importance of storytelling because they, they hear adults talk about things. So again, that was kind of a piece of it. And, you know, it's just something that may not be one of the, the things you immediately think about teaching kids how to tell stories. Uh, you don't want them to tell you lies, but uh, how to just convey things and, and communicate. The other article that I read uh, on episode seven uh, talked about baseball and it was actually about a, a child who had a, a physical disability and his dad was taking him for a walk and they saw a baseball game, a little league baseball game going on. Very touching story. Um, the, the gist of that story was that the, the kids allowed the boy to, to play, participate in the baseball game. And in the end, they actually allowed him to make the, the winning home run uh, by basically a few errors that were uh, intended errors by the outfield and by the pitcher. And uh, they, they basically let him win the game and how uplifting that was. So it was a very touching story. I don't have it right now to read it again. So uh, you'll just have to trust me. But um, again, it, teaching our kids how to be caring in that way is extremely important and, you know, teaching them some values. Um, there's, there's just a, a ton of need for that, especially in, in modern times, um, regardless of which end of the political spectrum you may be leaning towards everyone having a little bit of, uh, caring for society and, and their fellow man is important. And it, it'll at least teach your kids to step back and look at things. Don't just get involved in something emotionally and just get sucked in to actually take a moment, take a deep breath, step back and look at things. Um, one of the most valuable things I have ever learned from various business books was, I forget which book it was, but it talked about stepping back and looking at a, 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 a an argument or a, a contract negotiation, some type of business interaction. They called it from the balcony. So if you think of in a theater, uh, if you were sitting in the balcony, you'd be able to see both the audience and the stage. And this was saying basically step back and look at your point of view, their point of view, and try to figure out how to make things work. If we can pass that on to our kids, that's another thing that's just going to help them as they get older to be able to step back and look at both sides of a, of a situation. So uh, another little life lesson and something that uh, I, I think our boys have learned a little bit over the years, and hopefully that'll come to to help them. Lastly, on that episode, uh, I found this interesting. So I have in the last uh, year, year and a half, been pretty focused on fitness and getting back into shape and not the round shape that I was in. And at the time, back in 2006, I was doing the same thing. So history repeats itself. It was <laughs> a constant fight with uh, weight loss. I, I've always had some issues with my weight. And um, back then I had gotten down to uh, 207. So 
was feeling pretty good about myself. I had lost quite a bit, was still trying to lose more. I don't recall if I got down much more than that. I think at one time in the last decade, two decades, I've been down to close to 200 until recently. So um, back uh, a year ago, July, I was up to 243. And that was kind of shocking to see on the scale. So I decided I got to do something about this. So for the next several months, I recorded what I ate. I trained for a half marathon. Um, so, you know, got back into running and really worked off a lot of it. Got down to around 220. So I'd shed about uh, 23, 25 pounds at the time and then kind of plateaued. And then last spring, uh, a friend of mine suggested this uh, online. It's Coach Mark Carroll, Mark, CoachMarkCarroll.com. He is an Aussie Aussie coach. He's an awesome coach, but he's also an Aussie <laughs> so from Australia and uh, very colorful and uh, both in his tattoos and in his speech. But he uh, has these different programs. They're eight-week programs. They involve weightlifting and calorie counting and a lot of stuff. And that has been super successful for me. Uh, I say all this because physical fitness is something that I think is important when you have kids. You've got to, at least I have found, especially if they're doing sports, you want to try to keep up with them to some degree. You want to try to help them. You want to stay fit, not just for participating with them, but for your own life longevity. You want to be around to see your grandkids. You want to be able to, to guide and direct your kids as they are adults. Uh, you want to be physically fit and, and healthy. Um, I remember one time years ago, there was a soccer scrimmage. Uh, my youngest was taking some uh, lessons with small groups and uh, they broke off into a scrimmage and had the parents join in. And at the time I was probably, I think I was training for a marathon or doing something. So I was able to run and I uh, was felt good that I could keep up with some of the kids. And one of the kids that was one of the better ones on there, um, I had a chance to defend him a little uh, more aggressively. I didn't. I didn't. I could have knocked him down, swept his legs. I uh, could have done all those things. I didn't. Uh, those were back in my high school days. But, you know, staying fit, being uh, able to, to keep up with them, I think, is extremely important. Again, being healthy is very important. And um, I've been very fortunate that I found these programs uh, just for the record, I, like I said, back then I had gotten down to 207. I think at one point I was down to 200. When I went to get a physical uh, a little over a year ago, the doctor said, your ideal weight is 185, which I kind of laughed. I'm like, I'm never going to get down to 185. Well, uh, about a month ago, I finally got down to 185. So I've been hanging out around the 185 mark, still doing the Coach Mark Carroll workouts. Uh, I'm in the my third eight-week challenge now. I haven't done this one quite as uh, intensely as the other ones. But, uh, when I started back in May with the first one, my weight was around 218. And now, like I said, I'm down to about 185. So, uh, lost over 30 pounds doing this. And more importantly, the incorporating the lifting, the weightlifting has really changed my, my physique. So it's, uh, I, I never thought that was something that was important. I thought, oh, you just you know, burn calories, don't eat as much. You know, I could run, um, but doing the, the weights is what's really changing your, your body uh, makeup. And that's where I'm seeing the biggest difference. And I think it's also something that encourages you. You see the change. You see, hey, my arms are getting a little bigger. Uh, you know, I'm starting to look a little more toned. Those are the types of things that I think keep you going because you see that change, not just I'm, I'm losing weight. Because um, I, I would say I'm in the best shape of my life, um, probably not running-wise, uh, I've run three mar marathons. Uh, I'm not 
at a point now where I feel like I could run a marathon. Um, ran six miles this morning and it, it felt great. Uh, I didn't, didn't feel bad at all, but running a marathon is a totally different thing. Uh, so I've, I'm not in that kind of shape, not in the running shape, but I think overall fitness, uh, strength, I'm definitely in a, a good spot. So just if you're in that boat, if you're looking for something, I would definitely recommend coach Mark Carroll's, uh, programs or just do something, find a, a local trainer, find something you're going to get committed to. Um, whether it's with other people, whether it's with a trainer or coach, something that you can commit to. And that's the important part is something to, to keep you in check. And I would definitely encourage you to, to count calories. You never know what's in food until you start counting it. It's something, a salad seems like, oh, you know, this is a great thing to have with my lunch. And then you plug it all in and you realize that better be lunch or else you're going to be way over on your calories for the day. But losing weight, it is uh, definitely working in a calorie deficit, an extreme calorie deficit is what it takes to cut weight fast. Um, and I say all that because of what's worked for me, definitely seek a doctor's attention or a doctor's advice. Don't take this all, you know, all the, all the stuff that you know to do. <clears throat> Don't do something crazy just because I said it. Um, see a coach, see a trainer, see a doctor, see a nutritionist, those types of things. It's, it's money well spent if it's for your health. All right. Uh, this was intended to be a short show. I see I'm, I'm going pretty much regular time. And like I said, I hope to get another show out in a couple days and try to get to this week and get caught back up with our weekly routine going through the old shows with each number matching up. So this was episode seven. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments, let me know. Daddycast at gmail.com. Tell a friend, check it out and subscribe on your favorite pod catcher, pod player, whatever. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye.